Once again, thank you for being a part of Church Online today, especially as today is Sunday, July the 4th. We're celebrating the 4th of July together. If you're watching live with us here at 10.30 a.m. at Church Online, if you're watching on demand or listening by podcast later, I hope you had an incredible 4th of July uh, weekend with your family and your friends. Did you know that it has been since 2004 since we've celebrated the 4th of July on a Sunday? Our team around here, we had been discussing all week trying to remember the last time 4th of July landed on a Sunday, and none of us could remember a time in which the 4th was literally on a Sunday. And we went back in the Google machine and learned that it's been since 2004. But I'm glad that you're a part of today celebrating with us. We're beginning a series called Summer Sundays, which is really a collection of standalone messages, which means we don't have an overall big idea that we're connecting to all month long. You're going to hear from a lot of different speakers this month. We're going to dip into the time machine and pull back some of our favorite messages from years past. It's going to be an incredible month together as we have a collection of different messages over the next few weeks. And so today, as we begin this series, I called your message today, Free Falling. The title of your message today is Free Falling. I want to talk to us about free falling into freedom. So today, as we celebrate the 4th of July, we're celebrating freedom We're celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country in the world, that we have the freedoms that we have to honor God and to serve God and to live life in such an opportunistic way that we have freedoms that we celebrate today. And I want to talk about freedom and how we free fall into freedom. A free fall is a fall without resistance. It's kind of like if you've ever been to Six Flags. As a kid growing up and in youth group, as a teenager, we would make nearly a summer trip every year to Six Flags over Georgia. And one of the rides that most people would either love or hate, it's like no one had an indifference. You either loved it or you hated it. It was called the free fall. And literally the free fall was simply like a little box that you would sit in. And it was a track that would go up straight And then it would kind of have just a little bit of a curve at the bottom when you stopped. And they would take you up to the very top of that track in this little box. It was like two seats, a little little brace that would go around you. And you sat literally just in the air. And when that box would drop on that track, it was like a free fall. That's the name of the ride was the free fall. And you experienced, you felt what it was like to literally free fall at a rapid rate of speed with no resistance. It's like a trust fall. If you've ever done a trust fall, it's when you stand with someone behind you, you don't look, and you literally fall in hopes that the people behind you catch you. It's, it's determining how much you trust the people that are behind you. My son is five, and we've been learning the trust fall. He'll say, Dad, let's do a trust fall. And we began this process with literally him kind of standing straight and then crouching in a seated position and sort of sliding into my arms. And he would say, Dad, did I do it? I'd say, no, bud, that's not a trust fall. You, you sort of slipped into my arms real carefully. And so the more and more we practice now, he'll stand straight, he'll lock his arms, and he'll tighten his fist, fall completely backwards into my arms because he has learned to trust me. It's a free fall into freedom. But literally, when we get to this process of freedom in our life, we have to go through something. You see, freedom requires faith, and faith requires 
a free fall. In order to have freedom in your life, it requires some faith. You've got to be able to push through the obstacles. You've got to push through the things that are standing in front of you, the barriers that maybe have always been there. You've got to push through the, the misunderstandings and the unknowns. You've got to be able to push through the things that you can't explain. So freedom requires faith, and that faith is literally the free fall. It's the trust fall. It's knowing that when you let go of everything that you can control, and you fully submit, you fully relinquish control to God, and you have that free fall into faith, it leads you completely into freedom. And I know that today as we celebrate freedom, there's some freedoms that run much deeper in our life that we need to discover. I believe that many of us today, we are chained or we are bound, we are imprisoned by some things that have happened in our life. We've had life moments, we've had life events, we've had words spoken over us, we've had traumatic situations that have happened in our life, we have unforgiveness, we have resentment, we have a lot of things that we're all carrying that is preventing us from literally living a life of freedom. And the Bible says that Jesus came to give life and to give life to the full. And so today, I believe that a free fall is what we need to experience the freedom in Jesus. And so there's three things today that I will present that I believe are barriers that are probably very common to most of us. In other words, if you've not thought about it, you may realize today that, wow, I really am living this out. Maybe today it will uncover some truth in your life. Maybe today some of these barriers that we'll talk about will help you see yourself a little more clearly so that God will help you walk in freedom. And then I want to share one of my favorite stories out of Scripture with you about a man who experiences freedom because of Jesus. And I want to take you on his journey of what he did to experience freedom in his life. So let's pray together before we dive into God's Word. Father, thank you for this 4th of July Sunday. We celebrate that we get to live in a free country. We are so blessed that we have the freedoms that we have today. And God, you get the credit for it. We thank you for men and women who have sacrificed their lives so that we enjoy the fruits of this day and what it represents. And ultimately, Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross so that we could experience what it means to live truly a life of freedom. Help us today as we free fall into faith, as we free fall into freedom. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you what I call a fenced freedom. I think many of us are living in a fence that we actually call freedom. You see, many people would say, yeah, I'm free, I'm okay, I can do what I want, I'm healthy, everything is good, and everything is fine. You see, we think if we bury it deep enough, then if it doesn't return to the surface, then we don't have to face it, we don't have to deal with it, we don't have to manage it, we don't have to worry about it. But in, in reality, what we're doing is we're actually fencing ourselves in, we have a parameter of freedom a fenced freedom that we're living. I've heard people tell stories of their animals. I've heard people say they would have a pet dog in a backyard that grows up in a fence. They live in a fenced area. They have a designated area in which they are allowed to move, in which they are allowed to run, in which they're allowed to play. It is a fenced area, a barrier in which they live their entire life. Many of them become so accustomed to that area 
that stories have been shared that when a storm would come and the fence would be damaged, it would be blown away, or the fence would be torn up and the gate would be open or a hole would be made, that that animal is so contained in the life that it's lived inside of a fenced freedom that it will not leave. It will not walk through the gates. It will not leave the yard. It will stay confined to the area in which it has always known. How many of us are living a life of freedom, yet it's a fenced freedom? It's the amount of space that our life circumstances have presented to us. It's the amount of room we've allowed to live our lives. It's the amount of room that we've allowed ourselves to work, to live, to play, to build relationships, to dream, or to think beyond the life we're living. I want to ask you a question today. Could it be that just maybe... You find yourself just living a fenced freedom. And if the answer is possible, if the answer is maybe, if the answer is yes, then I think there's three things common to all of us that are contributing to a fenced freedom. And the first one is this. I want you to write this down. Write this word is hurts. Hurts. I think hurts are contributing to many of us experiencing or living a fenced freedom. Freedom. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 38. This is what the author says. He says, I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. As we read that verse of scripture together, maybe that resonates with you. Maybe you can understand the feelings and the emotions, the state of mind, the state of spirit that the author is in. He says, all day long I am racked with pain. All day long, I walk around filled with grief. In other words, there is, some, there is some hurts that is in his life that he has experienced that is plaguing him every single day. That he can't escape it, he can't run from it, he can't live past it. These hurts are literally weighing him down. Some of you have experienced some things that have happened since childhood that, that you're carrying around with you. That you can literally walk into an environment and it brings you back to that moment or to that circumstance or to that situation. Some of you can still remember as a child those words that were spoken, those actions that were taken, the, the feeling that you had, the thoughts that were going through your mind, the smell of the environment that you were in that day. We can hear a song. We can smell a smell. We can see a color. We can see a place. We can see a car. We can see a certain outfit. We can see a certain sign. Anything that will trigger those hurts in our lives. As adults, we're walking around and your boss says something to you. Your spouse says something to you. Your kids say something to you and it just triggers those hurts all over again. There are some hurts that a band-aid cannot fix. There are some hurts that the over-the-counter medication cannot fix. There are some hurts that uh, the words and the encouragements of others just cannot fix. They run much deeper than that. And maybe today you are experiencing hurts from someone else. Maybe you've done something that you've caused hurt on yourself. Maybe the actions that you've taken, the words that you've shared, the things that you've done have piled up on top of you and you feel like all day you are racked with pain. You are walking around, as the author says, filled with grief. Could it be that pain and these hurts are causing you to live in a fenced freedom? 
What would your life look like today if God gave you freedom over the hurts of your life? The second thing I want you to write down that I believe is common to us all is our habits. I believe some of us have hurtful habits that are causing us to live in offensed freedom. Here's what the Bible says. The author goes on to say in verse 4, My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. See, guilt is powerful. Guilt puts shame on you. Guilt puts regret on you. Guilt causes you to be chained to your past. Have you ever recognized that? That guilt is not something that says, oh, you'll get better. Oh, you've got a future. Oh, you'll overcome this. Oh, it was a mistake. Oh, we'll do better tomorrow. No, guilt is the exact opposite of all of that. Guilt wants to grab you by the ankles and guilt wants to hold you down and hold you hostage in your past. I think many of us are walking around with habits in our life trying to overcome the guilt of what we have experienced. Habits are unhealthy patterns. Habits are remedies that we put in our life trying to overcome something that we've done or some feeling that we had or some hurt that we have encountered. It's a default action that leads to trouble. See, a habit is a default action. And for many of us, we have hurtful habits causing these default actions to cause harm in our life. You've had a bad week or you've had a bad day. And you know you don't have the finances to do it, but just something, uh, just get something new in the mail. To hit that button to purchase on Amazon. You'll worry about paying for it later. You've got that credit card, right? And so you spend more than you earn. And then when you get those bills piling up, it just causes more guilt and more shame and more hurt in your life. Maybe it's that pill bottle. And you think just one more of those, this, this relaxer that will just take all the cares away. It will relax me. It will cause me to forget about my trouble for just a moment. I don't have a problem. I can stop this at any time. Yet, your default action is to pop the pills one more time. Your default action is to say, well, if I could just have a drink, it would calm my nerves. It would just soothe me. I would forget about it all. It will help me cope. It's my coping mechanism. And then the problem becomes that that default action goes from one to two to three to four, and suddenly you, it's controlling you, and you have no control over it. Our default action is to try to find a relationship that will substitute the hurt from other people, and it will make me feel better, and it will make me feel more connected. It will make me feel more valued. It will make me feel more loved. And those default actions cause us to chase relationships, and oftentimes, they're unhealthy relationships. They're not God's best in our life. I want to ask you today, what are the habits of your life? More importantly, what are the habits of your life that when trouble comes or when there are problems that have arisen or when there are circumstances that are stressful and overwhelming and you feel all the pressure weighing down on your shoulders, where, what are the habits that are in place in your life? Or do they lead you to a true freedom or are you experiencing a fenced freedom? That it has put you in a confinement, a barrier of living to which you have to fight to overcome. Maybe these hurts, maybe these habits, and the number three, maybe there's some hang-ups in your life. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. The Bible says, my wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. Listen to that, my wounds fester and stink 
because of my foolish sins. In other words, I've just got something that I cannot get past. It has gotten so bad, it has gotten so deep that these wounds are so unhealthy that I just can't get past them. And it's because of the circumstances, the sins that are in my life. Either sins that I have caused or others have caused to me. Sometimes the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups, they're a result of the way we've been raised. They're a result of the things that we have been taught. They are a result of actions that have been taken against us. Some of these are results of our own actions that we have to own up to and say, I blew it, I messed it up, I got it wrong. These hang-ups are... Uh, when you take those habits and they go a little bit deeper, these hang-ups are the roadblocks, they're the barriers that you run into every single time that cause your wounds to just fester. These roadblocks keep you from moving forward, they keep you from getting past it. It is the fence that holds you in that small yard of confinement. So I want to ask you today to consider, you know, we think sometimes well, it's just the way life is or it's just who I am. Or it's just my bad luck. It's just the way I was raised. My family was this way, and I will always be this way. I've just accepted that life is what it is, and I've learned to maintain. I've learned to deal with it. I've learned to cope with it. But today, I think you need a free fall. And I think you need a free fall into freedom. Today, I want to help build your faith so that you can walk in freedom. I want you to take a look at your outline there, and I want to give you the way to find freedom. Here's what finding freedom looks like in your life. Here's what to expect, and here is what to experience. Number one, write this down. In finding freedom, you are faithful. Faithful. Not faithful, but faithful. In other words, you are a person who is full of faith. Look at what the scripture says. John 9 Verse 6 and 7, this is an incredible story. Jesus and the disciples are walking along. The disciples spot a man who was born blind, and they have a question to Jesus about the reason that this man is blind. Whose fault is it, they want to know? Why is this man born blind? Ultimately, Jesus said, it's nobody's fault. It's so that God could get uh, all of the credit for a miracle that's about to take place. And notice what Jesus does in verse 6. The Bible says he spit on the ground made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool. So the man went ahead and washed and came back seeing. What an incredible picture that we have happening in this story. I love this. Nowhere right here does it say that the man called out to Jesus. It says that they spotted the blind man. And Jesus approaches the blind man and tells this guy, after spitting in the ground, making mud, putting it in the man's eyes, he then tells the guy to go and to wash his eyes. There is no argument. There is no fight. The man gets up and does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. I think this is incredible. The reason I think this is incredible because I would have a completely different reaction. Had this been me and somebody that I did not know spit in the ground and then began putting mud on my face and then giving me instructions and telling me what to do, I don't know about you, but that would be a fighting scenario. 
Even if I couldn't see, I would be swinging to the best of my ability to try to get this guy off of me. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what their intent is. Yet, this man, a man born blind, is faithful. He is full of faith, so much so that he got up and he went and did what Jesus asked him to do. Look at it again with me. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came back seeing. I think sometimes we have an inability to act when Jesus says to act or to do what we're told because we have it already pre-programmed in our mind that we are just living in this fenced freedom and there is nothing else. You see, we base it off of our experiences. We base it off of those hurts and those habits and those hang-ups. And so we eliminate the possibility of anything else more than what we can understand. I think about it so simply in such a simplified way. My wife is an adventurous eater. She eats anything that's weird. If it's a weird flavor, my wife is going to be the one to get it. She loves licorice of all things. Licorice is one of her favorite things to eat. She loves Indian food and Thai food, all of those with those really strong flavors. She loves curry. And me, on the other hand, I'm just sort of a meat and potatoes guy. Give me a steak. Give me some potato. I'm good to go. I mean, I just like meat. And potatoes, I'm not a real adventurous eater. And uh, one of those things that comes down to, I, I can remember in recent years, is guacamole. You know, many people will say, I don't like guacamole. And when you ask them, have you ever tried it? They'll say, no, I've never tried it. And I was one of those people. I didn't want guacamole. Why? Because it looks awful. It doesn't look appetizing. Of all the things on the table that I'm going to eat, the big pile of green yuck doesn't seem like anything that I want any part of. And for years, I would say, no, I'll pass on that. Don't put any guacamole on that. When my wife would get it, and she would say, this place makes it fresh. They come to your table, and they make it right at your table. It's the best guacamole you can eat. And I would still say, no, thank you. I don't like it. You see, I had been living in a taste bud fenced freedom. You see, there was things out there that was actually good. Because one day, I made a decision. I'm not going to say I don't like something when I've never even attempted to eat it. From now on, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a taste. And then if I legitimately do not like the taste, then I can pass on it. But I'm not going to pass and I'm not going to say no until I give it a try. And I have to be honest with you and I have to admit that I was wrong I like guacamole. I will eat it today. I will put it on anything. I'll eat it with chips. I'll eat it on top of food. It is actually really good. My wife was right. Now, I won't give her any credit for Thai food or Indian food or any of that stuff. Still don't like it and still don't want it. I tasted it. I'll pass on it. You see, many of us are living in that fenced freedom because of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Yet, this man experienced something different because he was faithful. He was full of faith. How do you grow your faith? It's nothing any more different than anything else that you do. You put the option or the possibility that maybe that guacamole may not be as bad as you think that it is. 
that potentially there is something better, that it may be better than you think, that potentially when everyone else is saying just try it, it's good, they may be right. And if you ask yourself, is it a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up that is preventing me from activating or free-falling into my faith? And if the answer is yes, then maybe you need to consider a free-fall into a faithful life. And today, because I've been living this out for many years in a relationship with the Lord, I can recount all the times that God has been faithful in my life. And when I remember that God was faithful yesterday, it gives me courage and it gives me a commitment to today, a reminder and the confidence that he's going to be faithful today. And that helps me walk into tomorrow because the same God that was faithful yesterday and the same God that's faithful today will continue to be the same God being faithful tomorrow. I challenge you to build the faith in your life. Just take that first bite. Just give it a chance and just taste and see that it is good. So finding freedom means you're faithful. Number two, it means that you're fearless. Many of you are checking out right there. Say, well, I'm, I'm not fearless. I've got fear in my life. I've experienced fear. Well, we all have fear in our life. We all deal with fear. But notice what happens to this guy. After he comes back seeing everybody around him, their minds are blown. They're like, is that, is that the same guy? Is that the guy that we've known? Is that really him? Because that guy was blind, but this guy sees. And then they want to know, how did you find your sight? And when everybody finds out Jesus is in the middle of this, oh, everybody is upset. All the dignitaries are mad. They're all frustrated. All the religious people are mad because Jesus is getting credit for a miracle that they said only God could do, but they're not giving credit as Jesus being the Son of God. So they all get on this guy's back, and they're all complaining, and they're all arguing to this guy, yet he just faces it all without fear. He's a fearless, faithful God. Check this out. Verse 24 says, For a second time they called him in, or they called in the man who had been blind, and told him, God should get the glory for this, because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I love his response. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this, I was blind, and now I can see. I love that in the face of adversity, in the face of everyone trying to pressure him and put him back into that fenced freedom and try to cause him to retreat, he just stands up. He says, look, I don't have all the answers. I can't tell you all the things that you want to know. But what I can tell you is I was blind, but now I can see. And Jesus is the one who was there when it happened. Jesus is the one who spit in the ground, put mud in my eyes, gave me instruction on what to do. And notice this, when I walked in the obedience to what Jesus said, the doors of blessing were open to my life, and now I can see. See, some of us have gone so far as to consider that maybe Jesus could do something in your life, that maybe you would consider that there could be something on the other side of that fenced freedom, that there may be something on the other side of those hurts, those habits, and those hang-ups of your life, but, but fear has you gripped. Fear has you literally paralyzed without the ability to move. A few weeks back, 
my wife and I and our little boy was in a pet store local here to Birmingham, and the, the, the guy working there had a massive snake in his hands, and he was explaining this snake to a family who was considering buying it. And we're looking at the snake. I'm just looking, and my son is looking at the snake, and the guy's standing there working in the store, talking to this family, says, hey, wait one second. I want to show you another snake that you might be interested in. He takes the snake that is in his hand and he places it in my wife's hands and he walks away. I'm not exaggerating. He was gone for like five minutes. For the first few minutes, my wife is standing there and she's pretty calm. And then the man returns but does not take the snake from my wife. He is in conversation with his other family over here talking about something else. And the more my wife stands there, the more the fear inside of her continues to rise up. To which my wife says, uh, if, if he doesn't get this snake, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. Like she feels her breathing get heavy, her heart is pounding. And the man had just said five minutes earlier that the more scared you become with the snake, the more they recognize your fear and the more uncomfortable that they become. And so my wife stands there paralyzed by fear by the snake that is in her hands. Now, when the snake was first handed to her, she was a little uncomfortable. But see, nothing changed. The snake did not do anything. The atmosphere had not changed. Yet it was something internal that was welling up inside of her that was paralyzing her in fear. You see, many of us have not had these hurts, habits, or hang-ups maybe happen for years, but the fear is still there preventing you from moving to a place of freedom. Maybe you find yourself in that fear-stricken place and it's paralyzed you and you can't get past it. But when you've experienced a life change in Jesus, when your life has been faithful, filled with faith, when you've had a free fall into faith that leads to a free fall into freedom, you can overcome the fear of your life and look at the world and look at everybody and look at the devil and look at your circumstances and say, I know what you think and I know I don't have the answers and I know I can't explain it all, but Jesus, because of him, I once was blind but now I can see. It eliminates the fear of your life to face it again, to experience tomorrow again, to face the hardship, to walk through the anxiety, to walk through the depression, to go through the temptation. You can eliminate the fear by having a faithful life, which, number three, ultimately, finding freedom means you're free. Free, truly free. The barrier is gone. There is no limitation to where you can go and what you can do, what you can experience, and the life that you can live. Because of Jesus, he brings life and life to the full. Notice what happens in John chapter 20, verses 26 and 27 with this man. The Bible says, but what did he do, they asked. Everybody wanted to know, how did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? In other words, there's nothing else I can say. There's nothing else I can do. There's nothing else to be done. Look, as we stand here in this moment, I once was blind, but now I can 
see. Once I was caught up in my hurts and in my habits and in my hang-ups, but Jesus has given me a free fall into freedom. And now I can see I am truly free. Faith in Jesus has filled my life and the fear has subsided. And today I walk in freedom. And today my prayer and my hope for you today on this 4th of July weekend is that you would experience the true freedom through Christ that only Christ can bring. I want you to know that the world cannot give what the world does not have. There is no substitute to what Jesus can do in your life. And today, if you're living in a fenced freedom, if you're living in a barrier, if you have, if you have limitations to the life that you can live, today is your day that Jesus wants to set you free. I encourage you just to take that free fall into freedom and experience only what Jesus can do in your life. And so I want to pray for you right where you are. Don't let any distraction get you. Don't let anybody uh, uh, right now, or no matter what's going around, keep you from experiencing this moment with Jesus. So Father, right now, I love you and I thank you for every person that is watching online. I pray for any person today that needs to experience freedom in you. If there's anybody watching today that does not have a personal relationship with you, Father, I pray that you just forgive us of our sins. We commit our life to you. We recognize, Jesus, that we need you and you alone. And so we confess our sin and we choose to put you first in our life. Thank you for relationship today. And God, I pray for every person that's watching today or listening by podcast that maybe is walking in hurts and habits and hangups in their life. And they're experiencing a fenced freedom, a life that is restricted. And today, I pray every person would be able to have an experience of a free fall into freedom. God, that you would just help us to live a life full of faith, a life that is free of fear, and a life that is experienced and embraced freedom. Jesus, we love you today. Thank you for speaking with us today. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.